welcome to the Youth Ministry Training Podcast. Today, we're being joined by Caleb Saucer, and he'll be sharing with us on the subject, Why CMI Matters. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Youth Ministry Training Podcast. This is Matt Woodward coming at you tonight, and it's a privilege to be able to greet you. Now, I am usually the producer of this podcast. I'm usually the one behind the computer, editing things, making sure that things run smoothly. But uh, I'm the one opening us tonight, and uh, it is a privilege to be able to greet you. I'm filling in, of course, uh, for Brother Josh Carson, who at the time of this recording is on a very much-deserved vacation with his family after a very successful and no doubt a very tiring North American Youth Congress, and so we certainly wish them well. While on the subject of North American Youth Congress, I just can't let this moment pass by without saying what an absolutely incredible, impacting, life-changing event that was among our students and young adults. And as a youth pastor, I'm so very grateful for all that the students in my youth group were able to experience and be a part of. What a privilege it was, and I'm grateful. North American Youth Congress this year in 2019 was a year of breaking records. You may have seen, but in attendance were nearly 37,000 people at the Dome at America Center. And on the Friday evening of Youth Congress, we were able to partner together and sacrificially give nearly $1.1 million for the cause of missions through She's for Christ. And uh, for those keeping score at home, that is over double the offering that was raised two years ago at North American Youth Congress. And so all of you that were a part of NAYC and, and certainly those that were able to invest sacrificially in that offering on behalf of UPCI Youth Ministries, I would just like to say thank you to all of you that were, that were a part of that and made that event so successful. Of course, it's because of She's for Christ that this podcast is possible. Everything that uh, UPCI Youth Ministries is involved in is underwritten by your generous giving to She's for Christ. And I would like to remind everybody on the podcast tonight that um, the SFC offering date is coming up very soon on August the 25th. And so I invite you, uh, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, if that date has not already passed, I invite you to make plans now to participate in that SFC offering day and make plans to give through your local church to She's for Christ. And let's see the, the gospel advanced because of our efforts and because of our giving. I want to take this opportunity right now to pray over this podcast and pray over our guest speaker, whom I will be introducing here momentarily. But I wonder wherever you are, if you would just pause a moment and and if you would pray with me and ask that God would minister to us through this podcast. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, God, what a privilege it is to be a part of your kingdom. Jesus, thank you for all that you have done in recent weeks at North American Youth Congress and the way that you challenged us and sent us out, God, with mission and with purpose. And we believe, God, that the coming months and the coming years uh, will be some of the greatest years that the Church of the Living God has ever experienced. And so, Jesus, I pray that tonight through this podcast, you would continue to do your work. Jesus, I pray that your spirit would minister through our guest speaker, Brother Caleb Saucer, as he speaks to us. Lord Jesus, I'm praying for every student that is uh, going back to school or perhaps already has gone back to school for, for this year. God, we are praying that you would open up doors of opportunity for them to minister to their classmates, to minister to their educators. And Jesus, we just pray that you would use your body to do your work in this day. Jesus, we pray that you would uh, let it all be done 
for your glory, Jesus, and by the working of your spirit. And we pray it in the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, tonight we are so privileged to be joined by Brother Caleb Saucer. Uh, Brother Caleb and his wife, Ellery, they are doing a phenomenal job leading Campus Ministry International. And tonight he's going to be speaking to us on the subject, Why CMI Matters. I relinquish this podcast to you, Brother Caleb. Please take your liberty and share with us what's on your heart tonight. Thank you, Brother Woodward. It is a... uh definite honor to be a part of this podcast today. I give honor to the entire youth ministries team, that entire executive team and the work that they do for youth ministries across North America and across the world. It's an honor to play a small part um, in relation to, to campus ministry and be a part of this incredible team. So really excited to be able to talk for a few minutes on the topic of campus ministry and knowing that this podcast is coming out right at the beginning of the school semester. I think that this is such a key opportunity that we have today. And so do the best to talk and speak to this subject, why CMI matters. Whenever I talk to individuals about campus ministry, I typically like to start with a question. I'll like to, to or ask them, the majority of the time, I'll ask them something along the lines of, take your best guess when you think the first campus ministry that we have record of launched. What, what is the earliest record that we have of campus ministry? And without doubt, I get a wide variety of answers. There will be some who will say like 1975, and then there'll be others who will reach back further to the 1700s, 1800s, the Great Awakenings. They say, hey, that sounds like a, like a good answer. Some who take it back a little bit further than that. Uh, but then I always like to turn the table on them because what most do not realize is that we actually have a very biblical precedent for campus ministry in the word of God. In fact, the first campus minister I can find record of is none other than the Apostle Paul himself. If we look to Acts chapter 19, we are very familiar with the story that he rolls up on the banks of Ephesus. He preaches the, uh, the message to those disciples of John. They're filled with the Holy Ghost. They're baptized in the name of Jesus. And, uh, and that's verses 1 through 7. We know that story well. Then in verse 8, the setting changes just a little bit. And the Bible tells us that Paul makes his way into the synagogue. And for about three months, he begins to speak, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. And for three months, everything was good. The, the guys were happy to listen to what he was saying. They were fine to hear this new doctrine. But after three months, the Bible says that they were hardened and they turned against Paul and said, we, we don't want this anymore. This, this doesn't work for us. You're going to have to find another place to preach. Well, this was not new for Paul. He was used to being kicked out of, of cities and, and run out of town and looking for non-conventional avenues to preach and to teach the gospel. And so we find at the end of Acts chapter 19, verse 9, that he makes his way into a place that is called the School of One Tyrannus. Now, being a campus minister, I got a little curious whenever I read this verse, because here we have that, that word school. And so that, that word school was just highlighted in my mind. So I got to figure out what this looked like, uh, because I'm just curious from, from a campus ministry perspective, was he really teaching at a school. And after doing a little bit of research, we find that it was quite literally a lecture hall that Paul was teaching in for these two years. We find that during the day, this lecture hall would have been used for typical, typical classes, whether it be philosophy or mathematics, whatever the, the subject of the day may have been. But then at night, it could be reserved for individual use. And uh, interestingly enough, it looks very, very similar to what our modern day campus ministries would look like today on many of our college campuses during the day. 
These classrooms are used to teach various subjects, but at night they are converted into places of worship, places of prayer, places of teaching. And this is exactly what the Apostle Paul was doing in Acts chapter 19. But the most amazing thing is, is that scripture tells us he taught at that school for two years. And as we read it, for those two years, he never left. For two years, every day, he was teaching at the school of Tyrannus. But by the time that it was all said and done, the Bible tells us that after those two years, everyone who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. Because of Paul's ministry on a campus, the entire region of Asia Minor heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. This speaks to the potential of campus ministry. What I don't find record of during this time is that Paul ever stepped foot out of the school of Tyrannus and went into Asia himself. So we have to understand that what was happening is that people were coming from all over Asia to this school and Paul would teach them, disciple them. And then those disciples would go back to their hometowns and to other regions and they would share what they were learning from the school of Tyrannus, from the teaching of the apostle Paul. And the gospel spread all over this region just in a matter of two years to where it says everyone who was in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. The exciting thing is, is that this was not just the potential of campus ministry in the book of Acts, but that this is still the potential of campus ministry today, that through reaching our college campuses, through reaching our university campuses, we have the ability to disciple individuals that will go all over the world and that will spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. For just a few quick moments, I want to share three whys behind CMI. And if, if you've ever heard me talk about CMI, this is kind of my, this is my, my pitch, my elevator pitch about why we as the apostolic church must be intentional about evangelizing our college and university campuses in North America. The first one is very self-explanatory. The first why behind CMI, the reason that CMI exists, is that CMI exists to seek and to save the lost. When it boils down to it, if this isn't the mission of the church, we've, we've missed the boat already. And, uh, and so the primary goal of CMI is to seek and to save the lost. The goal is not to create a Pentecostal hangout club on our campuses. It's not to just get a group of our apostolic friends together and, and have a good time, eat some food, and, and just talk about the things that we already know. But the ultimate goal of campus ministry is to find somebody who doesn't know about Jesus, somebody who has never experienced the gospel message, and to introduce them to that life-changing, life-saving message of Jesus Christ. Today, there are over 22 million students on 4,500 different college campuses. And I'm excited to tell us that we have over 300 apostolic campus ministries on these campuses today that are, are being led by several thousand apostolic young adults. What's so neat, though, is almost on a daily basis during the semester, we are getting reports of students from these campuses that are receiving the Holy Ghost, not because they came back to church, came back to the student's church, but they're getting the Holy Ghost in the middle of the student union, getting the Holy Ghost in the middle of classrooms, in public places on, on school campuses. We're seeing reports. I love these pictures whenever we see people who are being baptized in swimming pools on campus, pic pictures of people being baptized in fountains on campus, people who are being baptized just in, in random places all over their campus. We're seeing testimonies of people who are being healed on their college campuses. It's not just within the four walls of our church, but we are having an apostolic apostolic demonstration happen on college and university campuses all over North America. Consider this, that the students that we are reaching whenever we reach these campus ministers, they're not just your average Joes. Now, some of them will be. They'll just left off during college and, and then they'll go on and, and potentially not accomplish everything that they could have potentially accomplished. But 
who knows who we have the potential to reach while we're at, at our college or university. In fact, whenever we look at these 22 million students that are represented on these different campuses in North America, 1.2 million of those students are international students. They're not from here. They, they didn't come from across the town. They didn't come from across the state. They didn't even come from across the nation, but they came from somewhere overseas and are studying for a select amount of time here in one of our countries. And we have such an incredible potential with these international students. What we've seen happen on multiple occasions are international students who came and got connected with the CMI chapter or taught a Bible study and, and discipled while they were here, that whenever they went back home to their, their home country, their home region, that they were able to go to places that we did not yet have a missionary. And we didn't have to necessarily send a missionary there who didn't know the culture, didn't know the language, but because there was a student who was discipled while they were here in North America, they were able to go back home. And just like what we read in the book of Acts, we see that the gospel message is spread to the uttermost parts of the world, but it started on a campus. We know too that the generation of movers and shakers, this, this next generation of movers and shakers in our culture, in our world, we can find most of them on our college campuses. The ones who are gonna serve in strategic positions of leadership in our cities, in our governments, the, the ones who are going to be prominent leaders in, in local communities, we find them on our college campuses. Who knows who we have the potential to reach today? And, uh, and so that speaks to the overall purpose of CMI, the why behind CMI is that it exists to seek and to save the lost. The second one, speaking a little more practically um, and speaking a little more about why it should matter to us as the apostolic church from a personal standpoint outside of the mission of Jesus Christ to seek and to save the lost. The second why behind CMI is that CMI exists to be an anchor for apostolic college students who are pursuing secular education. A few years ago, the Barna Group did a survey, and uh, in the reports that they, they put out, they said that of evangelical churches, of the students who had been raised in evangelical churches, had attended Sunday school, had come up through the youth group, that of these students, 50% of students who had been raised in these churches for the time that they were born to the time that they were probably around the age of 18, and they graduated high school and went to college, 50% of these students backslid within the first year of attending secular college or university. Uh, while we don't have hard data on what the percentage would be within our particular organization, I would shudder to think, and what I do know is that we lose way too many students. I'm sure all of us who are listening today can think of somebody that we know that we may have sat in the youth group with, or uh, if you're a youth leader, a youth worker, a young person that you invested days and weeks and months and years of your life into, only for them to walk out the back door of the youth ministry, go to college, and then to backslide. I think of two examples in my mind right now of students that were in my youth group that were, man, they had a call of God on their life. And when they went to college, they got involved with the wrong crowd. They began to listen to the voice of their professors and not to the voice of the word of God. And, uh, and something began to shift in them. And to this day, they're, they're not in church at this moment in time, believing that God can turn that around. But the, the effect that secular university can have on our students if we haven't adequately prepared them, and they also aren't anchored in, in the faith and anchored in the church, we know that we can lose them. So what CMI does is it provides another anchor, another stronghold for these apostolic students during one of the most trying seasons of their life. We know that they need to be connected to a local church, and we hope that they will be connected to a local church. But an extra layer of protection is if they go and they're connected to an apostolic campus ministry on their school. I was thinking about this earlier today, the, the value of purpose 
because if let's say it's a campus minister who is doing this by themselves, the, the obvious anchor here is if we've got a group of students who are doing campus ministry, well, then they know they're not alone. They're not by themselves. They're doing this together. They have an anchor there. That's, that's if we've got a group of apostolics who are on the same campus. But for the individual who is doing campus ministry by themselves, where does the anchor come in? Because it's not necessarily anchored to the other student that's next to them or the student they go to church with uh, on their college campus. But I think that the anchor there is this idea of purpose. And I am a firm believer that if we put a value on purpose, we sometimes underestimate the value of purpose. That if a student is living for purpose and a student is living with, with a purpose and a ministry in mind, that I talked to Dr. Christian Keller on several occasions about the hyphens that we are losing. What we both agreed on is that we don't lose the students, the young adults whose hands are dirty in ministry. We're not losing the students who are, are living on purpose. And so if we introduce them to this purpose of evangelism on their college campus, introduce them to the purpose of teaching Bible studies, to introduce them to the purpose of starting an apostolic college ministry, then that purpose will go a long way into providing that anchor during that trying time. We don't lose those students who are involved in ministry. The last why that I'll share very quickly is uh, it speaks to why we should, as the apostolic church, another reason why we should be thinking about providing a, a pathway to apostolic ministry on these college campuses. This last and final why is simply that CMI exists to be a training ground for future ministry. When I talk to young people, I often tell them that for me, ministry didn't start in my local church per se. There were opportunities and, and I was trained in my local church, absolutely. But the actual hands-on ministry happened and it started on my high school and on my college campus, learning to teach Bible studies, learning to talk to people about my faith. The first time that I would ever, and I hesitate to even call it preaching, but the first time that I ever taught or shared the word of God happened on a college campus where I stood up in front of peers and I, I began to quote unquote, preach the word of God. That was where ministry started for me. When we think about this and something that I've been championing recently, and uh, we're excited to see the traction, some, some wheels that are beginning to move, is that if we think about P7, we think about CMI, what we've essentially done is we've created the perfect training ground and perfect pathway for future church planners. I, I submit to you that our best candidates to be church planners, our best candidates to be our young ministers under the age of 30, where, where are our licensed ministers going to come from? Where are our future church planners going to come from? I would say look no further than students who have been actively involved in evangelism at a P7 level and at a CMI level, because potentially the students started at 12 years old in P7 and went through the typical kind of time frame of college, they would graduate with 11 years of hands-on experience that we could build on and foundational understanding that we could build on. They would be the perfect candidate to be the church planner or to be somebody who joins a launch team and helps to plant a church. We've created this perfect training ground for future ministry. Long story short, there is so much potential on our college campuses, not just not just to get a great education, not just to get a degree that hopefully allows our students to make a lot of money to support the church financially, but I think one of the best opportunities that we have today and one of the largest untapped mission fields by the modern day apostolic church are these college and university campuses. I, I would say to you, if you're, you're listening to this, maybe you're a youth worker or maybe you are a student who is, is considering getting involved in campus ministry, I encourage you to check out our website, campusministryonline.com, and there you can find many resources that will help you 
as you begin this process of starting a campus ministry. Two I would draw your specific attention to would be our, our video training series, which is a 16 lesson series uh, that is video based, short video lessons that train you from step one all the way to the time that you graduate, how to have an effective campus ministry. And the second would be we have on our website something called our CMI strategy guide. And this is an interactive document that you can take. And if you'll go all the way through this, by the time you're done with it, you will have a strategy, a battle plan for going and launching your campus ministry in an effective capacity. So again, honored to be on this call at this time. I'm gonna turn it back over to Brother Ranking. And, uh, and I know we'll have a time of Q&A here in just a second. Thank you very much, Brother Saucer. We appreciate your uh, great work for campus ministry. And thank you for this great uh, summary of why CMI matters. And I think if anyone listening to this just before um, they would hit their college campus or even a youth worker that knows there's somebody within their group uh, that could make a difference like this, those are, those are some great reasons to get involved. Of course, the first one, seeking and saving the lost. I, I want to walk us through some questions um, that we have here from your topic. I think, you know, someone gets really motivated. These are these are great. Um, these are really great lessons here um, and, and motivational reasons of why to get involved. But once I get going, once I watch those strategy, uh, look through the strategy guide, watch the video training series, um, from your experience of leading CMI and hearing feedback, what do you think are some of the biggest recurring hurdles to get a CMI chapter off the ground that if you could give some people some warnings, like, okay, be aware of this road speed bump that uh, could hinder you and here's how you can get around it sure that's a that's a great question i uh, i'll speak actually from two perspectives from a spiritual perspective what we do see a lot of times is we see students who go to camps or conferences and uh, and they leave with this burden and this passion to go and start a campus ministry and it's easy whenever you're at camp or in a few few weeks we'll be at NAYC, a few weeks from this recording, will be at NAYC. And I know that sitting in that arena are going to be students who are going to leave with a, a passion to start a P7 club or start a CMI chapter. And, uh, and that passion is great up until the moment that they step foot on that campus and then reality slaps them in the face and, uh, and fear steps in. And we've seen so many students who had a great desire, they had a great burden, but then fear got in the way of them actually executing on that burden. I would say just something that we've championed on our team is that I believe that education takes away fear. If we feel like we've been adequate, adequately equipped, we feel like we know what we're doing, we feel like we've got a plan when we go, and we've done our work in the work, the legwork ahead of time to prepare ourselves, then whenever we get to our campus, we're a lot more likely to actually see the thing through than just to let fear get in our head and say, oh, we, we can't do this. We didn't really have a plan going in. So that's where I would encourage anybody who's listening, take the opportunity that we have at the beginning of the semester, the few weeks leading up to, to the semester or even the first part of the semester to really put out a battle plan, get, get everything in order, use the resources that are available to you to educate yourself on how to be effective in campus ministry because education takes away fear. From a practical standpoint, I'll share this very quickly. Something that you may may just want to look for is that whenever you go to apply to become a recognized student organization, whenever you apply to be a recognized student organization, you will have to submit some paperwork to your student body government, and they will take that and they'll either approve it or deny it. Uh, now, a lot of times there are campus, most campuses just they they give them approval easy, but it, 
few occasions you'll have have campuses who will say, hey, there's something about this that, that doesn't quite make sense. What makes you different from other Christian organizations? Two things that we suggest use. Number one, explain to them the doctrinal differences between what we believe and what the other Christian organizations believe. Uh, there's a reason there's a Muslim campus. There's a reason there's a, a or Muslim campus ministry. There's a reason there's a Methodist campus ministry, a Catholic campus ministry, because they believe different things. We believe something different. So explain that. The second thing is tell the campus what they want to hear and that we want, we're here to serve the students. We're here not to just try and, and evangelize, but we're here to serve the campus. We want to want to look after the emotional well-being of them, the, the spiritual well-being, the mental well-being of them. And, uh, and just show them how you're going to serve the campus, not just let the campus serve you. So hopefully that, that kind of speaks to that question a little bit. Absolutely. That's great advice, great practical tips. Appreciate you uh, sharing your experiences there. Um, let's talk about when, um, I know this kind of may seem a little backwards, we're talking about getting started, but perhaps someone's been a part of a chapter that was going really great and then everybody goes their separate ways um, or you know someone had it going now there's a couple years off and then get it going back again um, how do you keep how do you keep momentum going yeah through the semester and then even like for those that are in the summer right now and they're like man i don't know where everybody's at now maybe just kind of speak to that consistency continuity throughout a campus ministry sure sure i think one thing to keep in mind is is this kingdom minded kingdom minded aspect of of campus ministry, and uh, even with your converts, I, I'll speak from personal experience. When we did campus ministry, we had seven different churches represented on our leadership team, and the honest truth is that of all the converts that we had on our campus, not one of them ended up in my church, and and even though I was leading the campus ministry for geography reasons, for culture reasons, whatever it may have been. Uh, none of the converts that even I had one personally ended up in my local church. They ended up in one of the seven other churches serving in those, those churches. This campus ministry offers us this, this opportunity to be kingdom minded in that even if, if it doesn't benefit my kingdom, as long as we're serving the kingdom, then that's, that's what matters. So whenever you, you're going throughout the semester to keep momentum, obviously, uh, I, I'm a big fan of communication. I'm a big fan of dreaming big. Brother Ranking likes to say dream big early. And, and I think if you can dream big early before the semester, then it'll help you keep momentum through, through the semester where not every week you're like, man, I wonder what we're going to do this week. But you've got a, a battle plan going into the semester. When it comes to the end of the semester, this is a little bit challenging. But we've got so much technology at our fingertips. I encourage you to, to be very intentional about number one, trying to connect anybody that you have worked with that semester to a local church for the, the summer, for the winter, for those, those seasons that they're not there on campus, to a local church back in their area that they're going to be in. It may not be your church. But then the second thing is stay in touch with them throughout the semester. Call them once a week. Understand what their, their summer plans are or their winter plans are. Ask them about their vacations and their holidays. Um, try and organize an event during the summer or the winter that says, hey, even though we're not on campus, we're going to get together and have a bowling night uh, just to keep some some continuity in in our connection and and continue building those relationships even whenever we're not on campus. Wonderful. Sounds like discipleship at its finest, staying connected and building yeah. relationships. Exactly. And uh, would you talk to us? We have just a couple more minutes here. Um, I know this is not intended to necessarily be a commercial time, 
But talk to us about uh, somebody who's really motivated and they want to come join Awakening and they've never heard about it. They don't know when it is. Uh, give us a brief summary, maybe even how their campus can help them get there with grants. Talk to us sure. about CMI Awakening. Sure. Well, if you have not heard, I, I'm obviously biased, but I am convinced that Awakening is one of the greatest things that our young adults can be a part of. Um, one of the greatest conferences, events, meetings that, that's happening right now for young adults. And, uh, and this year, it's taking place at the University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign on January 2nd through the 4th. And this is a strategic conference specifically designed for campus ministers. Last year, we had nearly 450 campus ministers from 29 districts, over 120 different campuses that re were represented at the University of Maryland for Awakening. This year, we're expecting even increase, more increase in the numbers of attendees that are going to be there. But during Awakening, it's a unique blend of practical information. Yes, we'll tell you what to do, how to do it. But then also it combines the spiritual impartation aspect as well, that there's just moments in an altar and, and, and deep spiritual moments that confirm the burden. Uh, but one of the most unique things is getting to connect with other students and individuals who share the same burden and passion that you have. Um, we are excited this year to have Brother Cornwell and Victor Jackson and also Brother Ranking as our three main speakers for the conference. And, uh, and as far as he asked about how your campus can help, if you're a recognized student organization, what many do not understand is that there is funding that is available to you, both organizational grants that you can use throughout the semester, but then also travel grants that will sometimes supplement some of the travel costs for you going into a conference every single year. Um, once a year, you can use these travel grants to, to fly to Awakening. So we've got many campuses who are actually having their way paid for to Awakening uh, and so I would encourage you to look into it, figure out what, what those travel grants are, and then if you can make Awakening, it will change your ministry and absolutely change your campus ministry. Absolutely. I've been able to be there, and it's an incredible event. Now, that was January 2nd, 3rd, and 4th of 2020. Is that correct? That's correct. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, thanks again, Brother Caleb, for all of your uh, help today talking to us about why CMI matters and answering a few questions. And quick promotion here for the awakening event. Should someone be able to make it, it would be a life-changing experience. We thank you so much, Brother Caleb. Absolutely. Thank you again for allowing me to, to join this podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. We appreciate you uh, taking time to listen into this podcast. And now we're going to turn it over for some prayer and announcements to wrap up this recording. Thank you, Brother Ranking, and thank you, Brother Caleb, for uh, your insight, your wisdom tonight. Awesome, awesome stuff. And uh, just wanted to close out this podcast tonight with one primary announcement, and that is the Sheets for Christ offering day that is coming up very soon on August 25th. Again, we want to invite you and, and ask that you would make plans to participate in the SFC offering day on August 25th, uh, giving through your local church, of course. And, and we believe that God is going to favor us and uh, we're going to see God do great things through our sacrifice and through our investment in the kingdom. If you would just take a moment and join me in one last closing word of prayer. Let's ask the Lord to go with us tonight. Jesus, we thank you so much for what we've heard tonight on this podcast. I thank you for Brother Caleb. I pray that you would bless him for his time and his investment in this call. Jesus, we do ask that you would open up again doors of opportunity 
on our campuses and in all in all ages of every school jesus our junior high high school our college and university campuses we do pray that you would give us favor use us we pray use every student and uh, we pray it all in the name of jesus let it all be done for your glory and by your spirit in jesus name we pray amen god bless you tonight thank you again for joining us on the youth ministry training podcast have a great evening and god bless